Welcome back to the Gridiron Authority Podcast. My name is Keith Thornton. With me, as always, my co-host, Mike Adams. What a week we had in the NFL. Uh, really bittersweet across the board, especially for Cowboys fans, Chiefs fans like myself. But what are we looking forward to this week? Uh, you know, we like you said, we have a lot to cover this week. We have another coach firing. We have a GM firing. A former superstar being released uh, on his second year of a four-year deal, I believe. Uh, devastating injury to Dak Prescott, and then COVID affecting the schedule again. Uh, so a lot to cover. All right, let's get started. All right, let's get started this week by talking about, and I know this is something that obviously if they listen to the podcast, they know you've been rooting for for a long time, and that's Dan Quinn's firing. Uh, you've been calling for it, saying it's a year too late, but now it's official. Dan Quinn gone, the GM gone. Uh, how do you like this decision? Uh, I feel like it was a little early. I feel like they pulled the trigger <laughs> a little early. Uh, yeah, I mean, and it, it's not that I was rooting for Dan Quinn to be fired. It was just one of those. There's, there was clearly an issue um, with that team, with that roster, and, and Dan Quinn wasn't fixing it. Uh, Dimitrov wasn't fixing it either with, with some of the roster moves he was making as the, G, uh, the GM. Um, and so to me, it was it was time for a change. It's not necessarily that I rooted for him to get fired. Uh, I do hope he finds a, a defensive coordinator position. Um, I think he's a hell of a defensive coordinator. Um, but there just there needed to be a change in in Atlanta, and I, I again I feel like it was a year too late, um, a year and some change, honestly. Um, but yeah, I mean there, uh, I mean it'll it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes for them to see if they can turn it around and fix some of those mistakes and some of the flaws that they've had over the last five or six years with Dan Quinn at the helm, but. Uh, I mean, I, I could see that being an enticing head coaching job, honestly, uh, come the off season. I feel, I feel like, you know, obviously I agree with the the firing, but to me, the timing is just really off. And Arthur Blank, I, I don't know what in the world he's thinking, because had you fired Dan Quinn at the end of last season, I understand. Had you fired him, you know, after the off season, before the season started, whatever. But now you wait until the team's devastated in injuries, and I don't care who the coach is. You're probably not going to be able to win with the injuries they have uh, to the point where they're starting linebackers in their secondary because they just don't have enough players. So you wait until the coach gets uh, so hurt on injuries, then you fire him. I don't see how any other coach is going to come in and really turn this team around this year. So I probably would have just stuck with him because the timing was off or fired him last season. It's just kind of a weird thing to me. Yeah, I mean, they definitely he should have been fired after last season, and, and they are suffering some major injuries. I'm not expecting the interim coach to come in and and turn it around, and all of a sudden they win 11 straight and go to the playoffs or anything. Um, but I'd like to see maybe if they get a big lead, if they can actually hold on to it to see if that really is kind of a Dan Quinn issue. Um, that's kind of some of the stuff I'm looking for. Um, again, obviously, I, I think there's going to be some some uh, OCs and DCs out there that are that are going to be looking for this this uh, position as a as a head coaching opportunity. Uh, maybe even Eric Bieniemy from Kansas City, uh, guys like that that could that could come in and and uh, I think really help the team honestly. So um, I don't think they have much to look forward to the rest of the season, but uh, maybe they could make little strides in in small little areas. I think Todd Gurley's actually having a pretty good year. Matt Ryan's playing well. The offense is looking good 
honestly, for the most part. So um, if they can just straighten out the defense, uh, maybe they can win some games and build a little momentum for next year, but we'll see. Yeah, and, and probably the saddest part is no more Dane Quinn jokes, and that's going to be pretty sad. Oh, I'll fit them in. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about another firing. Not so much a firing as it is a cutting. Le'Veon Bell, year two of his four-year contract. Um, obviously, toxic relationship leaves. And I'm kind of curious. This isn't something new that we're seeing with an Adam Gase-led team. I mean, players hate this guy. They don't want to play for him. And I can't say that. Blame him. I don't have any idea how he's still a coach. And and to me, this is on the owner GM because how, you look at your team. You're like, how in the hell can we keep a guy who's just jettisoning all of our star players? You look at Jamal Adams and all these guys going away. Now you're basically saying I'm going to stick with this coach that's terrible over another star player. Um, the opposite of what you saw with the Texans. Texans they they sided with their players. They fired their coach. What's going to happen is the Jets just aren't going to have any talent. They're already there. They don't have any talent left, and uh, yeah. and they're stuck with Adam Gase. So they, they've chosen Gase over the talent, which is insane to me. Yeah, I mean, it. I, on, on this one, I actually, you know, I've mocked Le'Veon Bell in the past um, for some of his decisions, and, and he hasn't played well in New York. I'll say that. I'll be the first to say that. Um, but I do feel bad for him because this was a move that that the GM made um, without Adam Gase's approval, Adam Gase had no interest in in bringing on Le'Veon Bell. You could tell by the way he used Le'Veon Bell, um, and even some of the players had had kind of called him out on it a little bit in in terms of Le'Veon Bell's usage and how you know Le'Veon Bell his his biggest thing is is receiving. Honestly, that's where he's going to help you the most. Obviously, he's a hell of a running back, but um, you know, getting those screen passes and things like that that's where he's going to help you in. Uh, some of the plays that Adam Gase would set up for Le'Veon Bell. I mean, there there was no way. I mean, you could have Saquon Barkley right now or Zeke or any of those guys uh, or Le'Veon Bell in his prime, and some of those plays are just not going to go anywhere. Um, I'm with you on the, the Adam Gase thing. I mean, he was he was basically fired from Miami because the players refused to play for him, uh, and now he's in New York, and it's literally the same thing happening. We see it, I mean, with with player after player after player saying, get me out of here. I don't want to play here. I don't want to be on this team. Uh, and Adam Gase doesn't have the track record to, um, to, to you know, really uphold that, honestly. At least Bill O'Brien, I mean, he had four division titles and had some success. He, he had a little bit to go off of, and that's probably why he made it as long as he did, honestly. Um, but Adam Gase has nothing. I don't. I think Adam Gase is honestly probably the worst head coach in the NFL. Um, and and I say that without any sort of uh, you know exaggeration or anything like that. I don't think there's anyone even close to him. Uh, Dan Quinn was in a bad situation, but Adam Gase is by far a worse head coach than Dan Quinn was, um, and and a lot of guys. So I, I, I that franchise is just in shambles, honestly. And what really gets me is a reporter asked Adam Gase why they released Le'Veon Bell. And he basically said, we're trying to get players that fit into the culture we've been building for the last year and a half. And I'm sitting there like, what culture is that? That no one wants to play for you? Uh, You're not going to get anyone to fit your culture because your culture is trash. Nobody likes the way that they're running that team. And for that being the excuse of basically he didn't want, I mean, let's cut through all the BS here. He didn't want a player calling him out and making him look yeah. stupid. So that's why Le'Veon Bell's gone. Uh, his excuse is he wanted a player that fits his culture better, but his culture's garbage. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, again, we, I've discussed this in the past and you've discussed it. I mean, they are, they're ruining right. Or, uh, Sam Darnold. Um, I mean, they've got nothing around him. He, they've got no offensive line, no receivers, no running back to hand off to no running back to throw to. And, you know, probably after this year, they're going to be saying, well, we need a quarterback because Sam Darnold's not the guy. And it's like, I don't think that's the case. It's, you know, look at those receivers, even, even, when they were saying, well, we have a number one with Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson's a number three receiver, a number two, maybe at best a number two. Um, but if you put him on, I could think of at least a dozen teams in the NFL where he's maybe a number three. And I could think of at least half a dozen teams where he's a number four. Uh, and he's not on the team anymore, obviously, but that was just the last couple years. Uh, if Robbie Anderson is your answer at receiver, um, the, then that's not an answer. Honestly, that would be like the chief saying, well, we can release, we can release uh Hardman and we can release Kelsey and we can release Hill because we have Demarcus Robinson. Uh, you know, that's not an answer. Um, so they have no talent there, no talent on the defense. No one wants to play for the coach. The culture sucks. Uh, I, I again, I mean, this is, Honestly, this franchise, unless something dramatic happens, this franchise is done for the next three years. Like no matter what they do, honestly, I don't think they I don't think they could do anything that's gonna make them competitive in the next three years. Um, and I think and I think this too, like we were just talking about Dan Quinn, where the timing seemed odd because there's not much they can do. There this is perfect timing to fire Adam Gase because at this point he's getting rid of all the good players because they don't want to play for him. Get rid of him immediately and get somebody that the players like in there. And at least keep what you have so you can start rebuilding. Because if Adam Gase is there, I wouldn't be surprised if more players leave after the season. I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a shit culture and a shit team. And like I said, this again, I don't care what happens in the draft and what happens in free agency. This team is three years away from doing anything if they fire Adam Gates right now, because that's just how bad of, of a team it is um, in terms of talent, because they have nothing left now. So let's move on from that to, and I, I hate to say this, but I feel like the NFL season is just hanging on by a thread because of COVID right now. Um, obviously, Broncos Patriots from this last week got moved to this coming week, um, which shuffled, I think, eight other games around in the schedules and messed all sorts of games up. Um, I don't think they can – I think they really need to buckle down this COVID thing because they can't do this much more before the schedules doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah, they I mean, eventually it's going to catch up to them. This is why I was kind of saying they should have had a week or two set aside for after, you know, the initial season to make up some of these games, because eventually it will catch up right now. They're able to shuffle it around. But what happens on week 16, if something happens, you know, um, you can't really shuffle around anymore because now you have the playoffs and now, yeah, you, you know, you're trying to keep schedule with the Super Bowl and this and that. Uh, the the other, only other option I could think of is maybe if they cancel the Pro Bowl and bump all the playoff games back a week and then just not have a week in between the, the conference championships and the Super Bowl, which they actually find. they actually did cancel the Pro Bowl today. Oh, OK, well, so there we go. We listen to your advice. First time, uh, since, first time since 1949, there won't be a Pro Bowl played. Okay, well, um, there's that. I mean, that that's really the only option they have because I know they're not going to move the Super Bowl. There's too there's too much into it uh, in terms of marketing and and all that stuff that they're just not going to do it. Um, but I mean, they've got a little wiggle room. Um, I agree with you. They need to lock it down. They need to tighten up a little bit and 
you know, get this under control. It seems like the Titans have finally got their stuff under control. The Patriots have got their stuff under control for the most part now. Um, those have been really the two big teams, obviously. But uh, and even with the Patriots, it was only I think a couple players. The Titans were the really bad one. Um, but I think if they can get it locked down, they have a little wiggle room left. But it, I mean, not like you said, not much. Um, but definitely need to get it locked down. Yeah, and I think one of the things, like you said, that could have and probably should have been done is they should have put a week eight, like basically started a week earlier, put one by week right in the middle of the season. So no matter how bad the beginning of the season got, they could always just reset week eight. And then they should have put an extra week, which it sounds like they might, now the Pro Bowl's gone, where the Pro Bowl is. That way they have one in the beginning, one at the end, just time to reset before the second half of the season and the second half of the, or, you know, the playoffs. And yep. uh, I think... And like I said, I feel like we're holding on by a thread because if this gets much worse, I mean, they can't at this point. I don't know how in the world. Luckily, they're not trying to sell tickets or it'd be a nightmare <coughs> to half these games because you're having to to shuffle them around, reschedule, making a Tuesday night game. I think the Chiefs play this Monday at four o'clock central time. So, uh, you know, everyone will still be at work when the game kicks off. It's just going to be kind of uh, a mess really from now on. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll say I'm that part I'm kind of loving a little bit because I'm going to get to go, you know, I'll be off work watching the Chiefs game and then that'll lead directly into the Cowboys Cardinals. So, uh, you know, Chiefs Cowboys back to back on, you know, hey, on and, you know that's, also, that's also three Monday night games so far for the Chiefs. So, uh, yeah, they <laughs> had a couple of delayed games and, and next thing you know, they're playing some primetime games. I love it. Okay, let's let's move on to the news that I know you're going to hate to talk about. Dak Prescott, um, after, you know, the first few games on fire, getting ready to set tons of records for the year, has a gruesome leg injury. It looked like a dislocated ankle and a compound fracture of his leg. Um, What do you think this does, not only for the Cowboys, but for Dak Prescott? Uh, I mean, obviously, it's number one, it it sucks for Dak. I mean that that's that's a bad injury. It's not on like the Alex Smith Teddy Bridgewater level, but obviously it's a bad injury. So, um, you know, without meaning to, I mean, you, you almost can't not talk about the you know how this affects his contract. That's the that's the big thing right now. Um, I have no doubt in my mind from what I've heard that the surgery went really well. Um, I feel like he'll be back. Um, it, it may set him back a little bit, but. Um, I think he'll be back. I think he'll be just fine in terms of, you know, talent and all that stuff. But um, from a contract standpoint, you know, this is going to affect it a little bit. Um, one, from the injury standpoint. And then two, if Andy Dalton comes in and lights it up with the Cowboys and puts up stats anywhere in the realm of what uh, Dak Prescott was putting up and not saying he'll put up those those types of numbers, because like you said, those were historic numbers. But if he's just in the realm of it, uh, I mean, that just dashes Dak Prescott's hopes of becoming the, you know, the second or third highest paid quarterback in the NFL, um, because if they could sit there and say, well, we could pay Andy Dalton 20 million to basically put up 95 percent of the stats or 90 percent of the stats that you're giving us. So why should we pay you 35 or 40 million? Um, you know, so that's that's kind of the big thing. And it's, you know, at a time like this, you don't really want to think about the contract implications. But I mean, you can't help but think about it. So. Um, and then from a team standpoint, obviously losing someone like Dak hurts the Cowboys, but, um, at the same time, I've got complete trust in Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton's still a good NFL quarterback. Uh, he played really well in the game, um, this past week against the giants for the most part, he had one fumble, I believe early, 
um, when he first jumped in the game. Um, but other take that away, you know, I think that's just kind of early on jitters, honestly. Um, I mean, he played great. Uh, he's, he's a good NFL quarterback, been to the playoffs five times. Everyone brings up that he's never won a playoff game, but you know, I also bring up that he did win a playoff game and Vontez perfect fucked him over, uh, cause they had that game one. So he should have at least one win. Uh, I have, you know, I think he's going to be able to keep the, the offense rolling, um, and maybe, you know, slowing the offense down just a little bit will actually help the defense out in the long run. So, uh, obviously a devastating injury for the Cowboys, devastating injury for Dak Prescott, but, you know, I think Dak will be back next year and the Cowboys, I, I still think have a shot this year. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, it sucks to see this because obviously everyone likes to tease the Cowboys, but Dak Prescott's one of the good, one of the good guys in the NFL, never Never in a lot of trouble and staying out of, you know, he's not a locker room cancer. He's just a general good guy. So you hate to see it happen, but um, I, I'm with you. I actually think that this Andy Dalton thing is either going to make or break his contract because if Andy Dalton comes in and sucks and the Cowboys don't win another game all year, then Dak has a lot of leverage because he's going to be like, look what happens when I'm not here. But I yep. think even more important than stats is going to be wins. If Andy Dalton comes in, reels off nine or ten wins here, and takes him to the playoffs and wins a game, it's going to deflate Dak Prescott to the point where they're going to consider not even bringing him back because that's a lot of money that they're going to have to pay Dak Prescott. And that's yeah. and you always hate to see that happen due to injury. But like you said, think about what Andy Dalton could bring to this team uh, if he's not passing all the time. Ezekiel Elliott could get rolling better. And like you said, when you're controlling the clock and you're running the football better, your defense is going to benefit. Um, yep. I think there's actually a good chance that they can win more games than Andy Dalton. And by no way, no way am I saying Andy Dalton's a better quarterback than Dak, but uh, he might be better fit for the team because the defense is in a, in a bad position right now. So uh, it's going to be an interesting storyline to keep an eye on. Yeah. Well, and, and, and again, it's, people forget, you know, Andy Dalton's not a very old quarterback. He's still in his early thirties right now. And you have, you know, we're looking at guys like Tom Brady, you know, who's entering his mid forties and, and Drew Brees, who's I think in his early forties, all these guys playing, you know, into their forties or later, uh, you know, Andy Dalton could still have five or six solid years left in him. Uh, and again, it's, if you tell, if you give me the option of, well, we can win 10 or 11 games with Andy Dalton, or 10 or 11 games with you, you know, Andy's may not be as flashy, but we're going to pay him $10 million less a year than what we'd pay you. And we could take that 10 million, put it in different areas, put it on defensive players, put it on new offensive linemen, uh, things like that. I, I mean, you, you have to consider it. And, and again, it's unfortunate for Dak that this could end up costing him tens of millions of dollars. Um, but at, you know, again, at the end of the day, it, it is a business and, and you don't like to think that way it, at a moment like this when you know a guy just had his leg snapped in half um but those were the storylines that will eventually come especially if like you said if Andy Dalton does succeed and he he thrives in that offense um and vice versa the other storyline will be if he struggles you know what kind of leverage does Dak have now um so it's it's going to go you know one way or the other obviously so um the storylines are coming it's just you know, we're getting to it a little early. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the good news for Dak, I'm hundred percent confident that even no matter what the Cowboys do, Dak Prescott's going to get paid next year because if they don't sign him, somebody's going to sign him to a, a large contract, maybe not as big as he wants. He may not yeah. be able to stay with the Cowboys, but he's going to get paid somewhere in the league. 
Oh yeah, cold spare or somewhere like that. Absolutely. We'll we'll definitely go after him. All right, let's jump into some recaps of some of these games. Um uh I we'll start on Thursday night football. The Bears beating the Bucks. Yeah. I would say it's shocking, but Nick Foles hasn't lost to Tom Brady. So 20 to 19 win with the Bears. What'd you think? Yeah, I mean, this this was a game that the the, the uh Buccaneers just kind of gave up, honestly. Uh they had the they had the lead early. Um Bears came back. Uh, you know, Buccaneers had the opportunity late um to go down and win it. And, you know, I, I know they're Tom Brady saying he knew what down it was, but you could clearly, if you watch the video, Tom Brady looked thoroughly confused whenever, you know, they didn't make it on the fourth down play. And, you know, he he legitimately looked like he had one more play. Like he thought he had one more yeah, play. Well, he was holding up a four and asking the referee fourth down. So clearly yeah. they're lying that he knew. He did not know. Yeah. Yeah. He clearly lost track of downs and that's fine. I mean, Tom, you know, Tom Brady's done so much in the league. He's, he's allowed to have a, a mental error every now and then. Um, but, yeah, I mean the the Buccaneers to me again. I, I think they just kind of gave this game away. I think they are the better team than than the Bears, honestly. Um, but they just kind of gave it away and a um, couple mental errors here and there. The the takeaway I'll, I'll I'll get out of this is the Bears now are their four and one. Uh, they won an ugly game uh, against a good team. Uh, the Buccaneers defense they're still playing extremely well. They just kind of you know got to fix uh, a couple mental errors on the offense and and they should keep rolling. And the Bears' defense looked good. I mean, Khalil Mack was all over Tom Brady all game. So uh, oh, yeah. there, there's there's a shining light for the Bears. Uh, if they can get their offense rolling, that defense can can stand up with anybody. Leon Bell's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's talk about Romeo Cornell getting a Texans win. I think this is almost more of a case of Minshew magic running out. You've heard us talking about the last few weeks. Minshew literally willing this team to wins. I think that might be fading away. I mean, the Jags are fading away. Minshew can only do so much himself, and the Texans get the win, thirty to fourteen. What'd you think? Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not surprising that they won. Um, yeah, it, it was it was a good win. Um, this is a way you know they fired their coach, basically saying we need to make a change. The change has worked so far. Um, Deshaun Watson looked great for the most part. I think he still had an interception or two, but. Um, I mean, it was his best game of the year by far. David Johnson was just shy of 100 yards rushing. Brandon Cooks, who we've been kind of critical of, um, the replacement for DeAndre Hopkins. He had eight catches, 161 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, defense looked great. Uh, I mean, this was this was just a great game and a, and a great first game for Romeo Cornell, um, who also, I believe, became the oldest uh, head coach in NFL history um, with 73, this game. So, 73 years old. Yeah. Um, I believe he, I think he passed George Hallis actually. Um, so I mean, it, it was a good win and, and, you know, I know they're zero and four, but, uh, I think it, what, what was it? Four or five years ago when the Chiefs started zero and five and then won 11 straight games to make the playoffs. So, yeah. uh, you know, not saying the Texans will do that, but just cause you're zero and four, I mean, we, we've seen it. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean you're out and the Texans do have some talent on their team. Um, they've got some talent on defense. They do have some talent on offense. Uh, and there's no one, you know, the, the Titans are obviously thriving in the, the South there, but I mean, there's still room to, that they can make up honestly. So, uh, not saying that they're going to, you know, win 12 straight or, you know, 11 out of 12, but you know, I don't think all hope is lost for them quite yet. I will say, I think it's a, a slight overreaction, but I mean, the Texans played 
three of the you know tougher opponents in the league in the first three. Then they played the Vikings, who took the Seahawks to the edge this week. Yeah. Um, and and the Jags are not a good team. At the beginning of the season, we were saying they're gonna be one of the worst. So yeah, like you said, it's not a surprise, but don't don't think it all is fixed yet just by firing Bill O'Brien because this game might not be the best judge of it yet. No. All right, let's move on to the bittersweetness for me. Chiefs lose to the Raiders 40 to 32. Uh, it's been some time since the Raiders have put up 40 against the Chiefs, uh, especially in Arrowhead, but I'll give it to the Raiders. They just played a better football game. Chiefs didn't deserve to win, couldn't block, made, gave up some huge plays on the defense, got some costly penalties, but uh, Raiders get the win. Yeah, I mean, th- this was a game uh, I've mentioned in the past. You know, the, the Chiefs defense, their best friend is that offense. Um, when the Chiefs jump up, we saw against the Ravens when they jump up by two or three scores early, it forces the other team to break their game plan and then kind of become predictable, honestly. Uh, and that plays right into the hands of the Chiefs uh, on the defensive side. This game, the the Raiders kept it close uh, and they made it to where the defense wasn't able to, you know, to key in on them. Basically, they were able to keep the offense unpredictable. Uh, and you really saw the Chiefs defense exposed. Um for some of the weaknesses that it has. I think people, again, because of, you know, teams just end up throwing on them, I think they kind of forget that, you know, the the cornerbacks for the Chiefs aren't necessarily the greatest. Not saying they're bad, but they're not necessarily the greatest. Uh, The Chiefs have a a real weakness inside on on stopping the run. Uh, The linebackers aren't, aren't really that great. Uh, especially in pass coverage. I think they're solid run stop uh, run stoppers for the most part, but uh, pass coverage are very weak. Um, so this really exposed some of that. Uh, and then Osimile for the Chiefs, I think he tore both tendons uh, or tendons and both knees or something. Yep. Um, obviously he's out for the season, but I think, you know, they losing that interior lineman, having that attitude, um, just kind of go away there. You could see Patrick Mahomes was just running for his life the entire game. The offense never really got in sync, which is kind of scary because they still put up 32 points. Um, but they, I mean, the, the offense never got in sync, the defense never got in sync. The Raiders looked great. Derek Carr played a tremendous game. Josh Jacobs ran the ball well. Uh, Henry Ruggs finally showed some of that big play um, ability. Um, two catches, 118 yards, and a touchdown. So. Uh, I mean, this was, it was a good win for the, for the Raiders. I mean, this is a confidence builder. Um, this is a statement game saying that they're, you know, essentially saying we're for real. Um, we not, we may not win the division, but we're, we're a playoff contender. So, um, it was a statement win for the Raiders, um, and a kind of a wake up call for the chiefs. See, I, I'm not as worried about the secondary because what I saw watching that game is the Chiefs got handled on both sides of the line. The offensive line was terrible. Defensive line was terrible. It wasn't even only in the run stopping. Granted, they weren't good there either, but they couldn't yeah. get any pressure on Derek Carr. And when yeah. you let a guy stand there all day, and as much as we like to give Derek Carr shit, he's a great he – can, he can throw a pretty deep ball. And, yeah. uh, and he did. I mean, they let him stand there all day, and he hit guys all over the field. So – I can't blame the secondary completely because the Chiefs usually get way more sacks or more pressure for whatever reason. Uh, and I think it, somebody said it the best. This was the Raiders' Super Bowl. I mean, to the point where they had to have a police escort coming back through their fans because they were celebrating so much. And the Chiefs had just looked, I don't want to say off because they you know, obviously were 4-0, and but they haven't looked that sharp over the last several weeks. I think it all just caught up to them. So 
They got some things to tighten up. I'm not that worried and concerned. I am concerned about the offensive line a bit because you got to think their starting right guard opted out for COVID. Their guard that they drafted, rookie, opted out for COVID. Now their other guard that replaced those guys has tendons torn in both knees and is out for the season. So uh, they're thin on the inside. That being yeah. said, um, they need to get the run game going. And and honestly, the, there's rumors out there of them getting Le'Veon Bell. I don't know that – I mean, obviously, I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is is good, and I don't think they really need Le'Veon Bell. But having another pass-catching running back in the backfield can't hurt, especially with the offensive line as bad as it is. One of the things Le'Veon Bell does best is catch out of the backfield. So it wouldn't it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they got him on a, on a decent contract. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, again, I'm not really worried about the Chiefs. Um, again, I, I think they need to tighten up a little bit on defense. Um, if you watch some of the plays in that game, I think, I, again, uh, not getting a pass rush um, put the secondary in some bad spots. The secondary did make some bad reads, though. Um, they got crisscrossed a little bit on some crossing patterns. They missed some tackles out there. Um, I mean, they. I, I think it's more of a tweak, um, tweak some stuff here and there. Um, for the Chiefs, honestly, like you said, they were 4-0 going into the game. Um, the offense looked off, but they still put up 32 points. Um, so I think it's just tweaking a few things here and there. Uh, and I think they'll be fine. And and maybe the addition of Le'Veon Bell could be one of those tweaks that they make. Um, I couldn't imagine having, you know, potentially say, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and then Le'Veon Bell on the field at the same time. Um, I think that would be terrifying, honestly, <laughs> yeah. um, or replace Watkins, especially because it, or, I was going to say, it sounds like Watkins is, is, uh, going to be out for a few weeks too with a hamstring. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and again, you could put McCall Hardman in there. Or you could even, you know, on certain situations, take Travis Kelsey out and maybe put in a Demarcus Robinson just, just for that pure speed factor. Um, and then have, uh, Edwards Alaire and Le'Veon Bell, both in the backfield, um, cause at that point, who do you key on as a linebacker? Exactly. Um, when they can both catch and they can both run. Um, I mean that, that would be honestly terrifying as, as a defensive coordinator. So, um, but I, again, I'm not really worried about it. Um, I think again, it's just a few tweaks here and there and, and um, I think they'll be fine. For sure. All right. Let's talk about this game and, and really nothing out of the ordinary here, except, the Rams beat the Washington football team 30-10, to 10, but Kyle Allen gets hurt, and Alex Smith comes back in completing what I think has to be uh, one of the best comeback stories ever. They, I heard somebody say, I don't care if he plays another down all year, he should win comeback player of the year. Guy went from almost having to have his leg amputated, almost dying from the infection in his leg, mm-hmm. to getting back on the field and playing. And honestly, he didn't look that bad. He didn't look any worse than, you know, Kyle Allen or Dwayne Haskins. So really good to see him back in action. Yeah, I mean, it, I'll I'll be honest. This was this was one, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan. Obviously, I dislike the Washington football team. Um, but I do love Alex Smith. And, and this is one, I mean, just seeing the video of him going on the field, I mean, almost made me tear up a little bit. Uh, you know, I loved him in Kansas City. I liked him in San Francisco. Uh, Alex Smith, we talked about Dak Prescott being one of the good guys. Alex Smith is the good guy. Um, sure. I mean, there there's no one in the NFL that you would rather have as a teammate. Even even Patrick Mahomes has openly uh, campaigned to get him a Super Bowl ring. 
uh, for last year because I mean he he's talked about they wouldn't be they wouldn't have won the Super Bowl without Alex Smith and and the mentoring that he did to to Patrick Mahomes and and you think about everything he's been through in his career with you know San Francisco I think he had five different coordinators in his first five years uh, when he finally started you know getting in sync and playing well Colin Kaepernick came in and you know was the flashy player and he got benched for him and and the guy never complained. Um, and then he ended up coming in in the NFC Championship game and winning it for him and leading him to the Super Bowl and then didn't get to start the Super Bowl and never complained. Uh, went to Kansas City right after that. Had some really great years with Kansas City. Won a lot of football games. Um, you know, and then they draft Patrick Mahomes. And you see a lot of these guys. You see guys like Joe Flacco whenever um, – uh, whenever the Ravens drafted Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers with Jordan Love this year, you know, just these different guys throughout, you know, Tom Brady with Jimmy Garoppolo, where they openly come out and say they're not going to mentor him and they're not going to do anything with him because that's not their job. And and Alex Smith never did that. Alex Smith was, you know, he knew that he was on his last year in Kansas City. And what did he do? He came out, he had the best season of his career, um, led him to the playoffs. They lost him, you know to me, kind of a controversial game to the to the Titans. I think that's a game that they should have won. There were some bad calls by the refs. The Derek Johnson strip sack that was somehow called down. Um, we were at yeah. that game, actually. Um, I mean, he had, he had some bad luck there, but um, at the end, but I mean, he, he knew he wasn't coming back, and, and he responded by having the best season of his career, and, and sounds like he was a, a great friend and a great mentor to Patrick Mahomes, so uh, I I mean, this is a guy, again, he does everything right, and, and it seems like nothing wrong. So to see him come back was was amazing. And not only that, but even, even his off-the-field stuff he did in Kansas City and his charities and stuff, yeah, uh, it, it left a lasting impression enough to where I know last year the Chiefs actually, for his birthday or something like that, donated thousands of dollars to his charity. And he wasn't even in Kansas City anymore. That's how much they love the guy. Um, with the Chiefs, but not only what he does off the field, but the guy doesn't make mistakes on the field. He's really smart with the football, and he's like a coach on the field. And that's one of the things that I think made Mahomes the way he is because some of the concerns about Mahomes coming out of college was reckless with the football. Um, And Alex Smith is that guy that is the exact opposite. He's going to make a fantastic coach someday. Um, But I I don't want to see the story done just yet. I'd like to see him get a couple of starts here with Washington – down the stretch yeah i mean uh, i again i don't for for short notice not knowing he was going to play in that game and for how how that rams defense was playing i mean i think the rams had seven sacks in the game six of them were on alex smith aaron donald had four of them himself uh i mean alex smith had no time to throw the ball um but he stayed in the pocket he stepped up he took the hits uh made some nice throws in there um, stats don't really look amazing, but when you think about, you know, think about how trigger happy you would be if you, you know, like you said, almost lost a leg uh, and almost died. And then your first action back, you have Aaron Donald running in your face. Um, you know, think about how trigger happy you would be. And, and Alex Smith, again, he stayed there. He took the hits. Uh, he stayed in the pocket. He made some throws. He actually moved around a little bit, um, ran around, scrambled a little bit. I mean, it was it was really amazing to see. Um, just from the standpoint of where he was to where he is. Um, I mean, again, I, I agree. I can't think of who it was that that said he should win comeback player of the year, but I I absolutely agree with him. I want to say maybe it was Dan Orlovsky or someone. I think it actually uh, might have been. Yeah, I think it was Orlovsky on ESPN. But 
uh, he absolutely should should win it just just because of not necessarily he's going to put up the best stats, but what he been what he's been through to to where he is now. I mean, there's there's nothing better. I mean, honestly, in sports history, honestly, I don't know if there's a comeback more uh, outstanding than that that I've ever seen because the the injury even to a young player is career threatening. Yeah. So somebody who's the age of Alex Smith for that to happen, everyone just wrote it off as done. I mean, Joe Theismann yeah. went through the same thing, was done. A lot yeah. of these people, if you saw the pictures, I mean, there was a point where the entire top half of his leg was off. It was just bone because yeah. it was all infected. And they had to take uh, skin and muscle from other parts of his body and basically rebuild the dude's leg. For him to go through that and then to be a starter on an NFL team again is – I don't care. There's nobody in the NFL that deserves the comeback player of the year more than him this year. Yeah. And, and you know, that was a great point bringing up the age. You think about something like Teddy Bridgewater, who had a, a pretty similar injury um, that was equally devastating. Well, it happened to Teddy Bridgewater when he was, what, 24, 23, 24, 25, yeah. maybe. Uh, Alex Smith was, what, 35, 36 when it happened yeah. to him. Uh, so you're talking about a 10 year gap. I mean, we're not that far away from Alex Smith in terms of age. And I couldn't imagine basically having my leg dangling there and then thinking here in two years, I could play in the NFL or a year and a half, honestly. Uh, I mean, that, <laughs> I'd be concerned about walking again. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. No shit. Uh, I, 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 I would be happy if I could make it back and play in a, in a two hand touch, you know, Thanksgiving day <laughs> yeah. game. Um, and this dude's out here playing in, in the, you know, in the NFL. I mean, uh, and again, I, I I would love to see him get another opportunity because going against a, a four and one Rams team with Aaron Donald, you know what a two or three time defensive player of the year, um, you know running at you, um, not really the best thing you want to see. But again, Alex Smith sat there and he took it and never complained, and For that's sure. what that's what kind of guy he is. Amazing stuff. Right, let's go on to another game here. We talk all the time about the Dolphins showing progression week in week out. This week, I don't know what the hell happened, but 43-17 to 17 domination of the 49ers in a game that saw Jimmy Garoppolo coming back and actually getting benched during the game for Nick Mullins. Uh, Dolphins just dominated. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, this again, this is it's crazy. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is making it really, really hard um, for the Dolphins to be able to play to a Tonga Viola. Um, I also think it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing for the dolphins because we, I mean, I know Tua has been active all these games. So you assume he's healthy. Um, but we don't really know what type of shape Tua is. in. I mean, that could just be more of a, you know, getting him to dress out for ceremonial purposes, um, than anything, honestly. So, um, I think giving Tua as much time as he possibly can to recover from that hip injury he suffered last year, letting him learn from a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who can be a gunslinger, but who could also be a game manager, um, and seeing both sides of that. Um, and then just seeing this this team as a whole progress. Um, I mean, they're two and three now. They just beat the 49ers. Um, and that was with the 49ers, honestly, as healthy as they've been since, what, week two of the season? Um sure. So they beat a, a semi-healthy 49ers team that that's had some success even with the injuries, uh, and they didn't just beat them. I mean, they they dominated. I think it was thirty to seven at halftime, something like that. Um, and then even beat them in the second half. I think seven, I guess seventeen to six, uh, or thirteen to six. Sorry, or thirteen ten. God damn it. Uh, 
but yeah, I mean, they, they just absolutely beat him in, in every aspect. And again, the progression is, is phenomenal to see, um, from the offensive line to the secondary. I still think the dolphins have a phenomenal secondary Their Their list of cornerbacks back there, um, is incredible. Um, and I, again, I think the progression we're seeing I, next year, the dolphins, the dolphins could be like the bills next year. Um, especially if, if two is able to get a little bit of playing time this year and kind of get a feel and have that, you know, even if it's only a game or two, kind of like a Patrick Mahomes, um, just give him a game or two late in the season and let him get a little bit of a taste, uh, and then have him ready for next season, uh, with how some of this talent's progressing and with what they're going to be able to add this off season and get even more talent in there. Uh, the, the dolphins could be, you know, they could be playoff contenders next year. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting to watch, and and like you said, we've been wanting just small progression, and this was a this was a good jump. So good start for the Dolphins. All right, let's Absolutely. quickly talk about this Cowboys game. We talked about it in the top of the show with Dak Prescott's injury, but uh, not a pretty game for the Cowboys. But one of the things I saw was they hadn't been doing very good on game winning drives. Well, they got it this time with Andy Dalton, but yep. you know, allowing thirty four points to the Giants is not good. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. One one of those touchdowns was given up by the offense. It was a pick six. Um, so the defense looks slightly better. Um, but again, when you look at who they're playing, not really. Um, but, uh, you know, Andy Dalton again, Andy Dalton looked good for the most part. He had kind of a, I think, early game jitters and fumbled the ball early. But uh, Ezekiel Elliott finally got going. He had 90 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Michael Gallup, I think, is becoming one of the best, you know, spectacular catch guys in the NFL. Um, If you see some of those catches he had and, you know, with Andy Dalton at quarterback late in the game, uh, I mean, just two incredible catches uh, on the sideline. It It was absolutely amazing to watch. Um, I mean, this was something, like I said, the defense played a little bit better, um, not great, but they made a little improvement and the offense, uh, you know, late game, they, they came through when they needed to, um, and they, they won a game. And I said last week, I didn't care if they won by a point or if they won by 20 points, as long as they won, I'd be happy. So I have to stand by it. I I am happy that they won. Um, they have a big test on Monday night football against, uh, the Cardinals. Uh, obviously that offense is a little bit better. Uh, than the Giants, but uh, they are going to be missing Chandler Jones themselves. So maybe this Cowboys offense can still put up 30 points and and uh, the defense, you know, again, if they can improve just a little bit, uh, the Cowboys can win the game. Yeah, I'm with you. A win's a win, but this is not a win that excites me at all. I mean, they, yeah. they showed a stat. The Giants hadn't scored a touchdown in like eight quarters before that game. Um, and then also the, the 49ers beat the Giants with half a team with their backup quarterback, no t- no George Kittle, basically none of their uh, defense, no Nick Bosa. So uh, the Giants are terrible. They're probably right up there with the Jets is a really bad team, but a win's a win. So uh, obviously some circumstances happen during the game that kind of throw it off, but um, yeah. it's going to be one hell of a challenge for the Cowboys this Monday. Yeah, I I agree, but I again I think they're the defense is starting to get a little healthy, um, and hopefully that'll that that'll translate into on the field success and and again having Andy Dalton uh, be more of a game manager that can help keep the defense off the field um, will potentially help the defense on the field. So uh, sure. it'll be fun. It'll be fun to watch. All right, let's look at this Browns Colts game. Uh, I've been preaching it all year. Philip Rivers, I he's just not. 
he's just not good. I don't, I don't really get the hype and I'm, I know it's going to sound like I'm showing favoritism against him, like for the, you know, for the chiefs, but he's just not good. And the Browns, this is really their first challenge. They lost the Colts lost to the Jags. They barely beat the Bengals. Now they've lost to the Browns. Phillip Rivers threw two picks, no touchdowns in the game. So, um, and I saw the, you know, the news headlines flashing all over ESPN is Philip Rivers holding back this Colts offense with his turnovers. I honestly believe he is. And it's the same thing he did with the Chargers. Um, you can see, obviously, the Chargers are, are still struggling, but they're a different team than they were then. But I, I think that I think they honestly would have been better off not signing Philip Rivers, just my opinion. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's holding him back in a different way I think than he was with the Chargers because the Chargers he was still throwing for some good yards um, still throwing a good amount of touchdowns but just making really bad interceptions at at uh, costly you know points of the game uh, this this year he just he seems like a game manager that's not really ga- managing the game very well um, at this point I, I don't think it's helping that the last couple weeks they haven't really had too much of a run game uh, and the defense has struggled just a little bit recently um and the browns the browns are hot i mean the browns you know even missing uh uh nick chubb i mean the browns offense is good um but yeah i I think philip rivers is hurting him but only i think not in a in a different way from from how he's hurting the chargers um now it's just he's he's needs to be a game manager and he's just not doing that uh i think if they can again you know, tighten that up a little bit, uh, maybe even consider a change to Jacoby Brissett, who may be better at that at this point, um, who can make plays with his legs and things like that. So, um, I mean, they may have to look into that. Yeah, I think what it boils down to on both teams, Chargers and the Colts, is you can't turn the ball over, especially when you don't have an explosive offense. He, he definitely had a more explosive offense with the Chargers. Right yeah. now, with, you know, Jonathan Taylor running the ball a little bit slower than they had been, with Marlon Mack, you can't throw two picks and no touchdowns and expect to beat anybody, honestly. Um, and like you said, Browns are Browns are doing what we thought they would do a couple of years ago, and yep. uh, they're finally they're finally clicking. And I don't I don't feel like it's a huge drop off from Nick Chubb to Kareem Hunt, so they're rolling. I mean, honestly, Kareem Hunt might be a better overall back than I think Nick Chubb's a better running back than Kareem Hunt, but Kareem Hunt's a much better pass receiver yeah. uh, than Nick Chubb is. So honestly, they may be a little more versatile with Kareem Hunt taking a majority of the snaps. All right, last game we're going to talk about here. The Titans put a beat down on the Bills last night in a delayed game from COVID on a Tuesday night. Uh, you don't want to try to tackle Derrick Henry in the open field. And obviously Josh Norman knows that now after getting stiff armed out of the stands almost, but um, 42 to 16 is the bills dream season in jeopardy. No, I don't think so. I think they got caught up kind of like the chiefs with the, the chargers a couple, you know, a few weeks ago looking into the Ravens and honestly, probably the chiefs this week with the, the Raiders looking in, you know, looking forward to the bills. The bills were looking forward to the, the chiefs as well. Um, I mean, I, I think the Bills are still a good team. Josh Allen's still having a good season. He threw two interceptions, but if you look at one of them, one of them was a direct pass right to a guy that bounced off his shoulder pads uh, right into the hands of the Titans. So um, I think Josh Allen still had a good game. 
the defense honestly just didn't show up for the Bills, but the Titans also had two weeks to get ready for this game. You know, they weren't really able to practice, but that also gave them two weeks to rest and heal and recuperate, get Derrick Henry fresh. Um, obviously, Josh Norman found out what a, a fresh Derrick Henry can do. Um, I thought it was hilarious that, you know, Derrick Henry basically just threw him uh, on that stiff arm and then the next play just ran right over him and Josh Norman was still getting in his face and bowing up to him. I thought that was hilarious. I, I think Josh Norman should learn how to pick his moments. Um, probably not the right time to act like a tough guy when you basically got bitch slapped for two straight plays. Um, but, I mean, it was a great win by the by the Titans. Uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill, I think, accounted for four touchdowns. Um, I think he's really quieting the critics. You know, I was one of the critics when he got his $100 million contract uh, you know, 20, I think 25, 26 million a year, whatever it is. Uh, I was one of the critics, you know, cause he essentially only played what two thirds of a season last year and then got a hundred million dollar contract based off of it. Um, but at this point he's, he's quieting us pretty quickly. Um, they're four and oh, he's putting up great stats. He's showing that he's not just turning and handing off to Derek, uh, to Derek Henry. Um, it's allowing Derek Henry to rest a little bit, uh, and stay fresh, which I think is going to come in handy later in the season. Um, so it was, it was a great win by the Titans, um, bills. I think it was a wake up call and, and, uh, they're going to go back to Buffalo. They're going to rest up a little bit and they're going to start, uh, getting ready for the chiefs. And, you know, we're going to have an angry chiefs team and an angry bills team playing each other. So that should be, that should be a hell of a game to watch on Monday. Absolutely. Should be fun. Should be tomorrow, but because of COVID Monday at four central. Yep. Okay. Let's jump into our week six picks here. We'll kind of rapid fire these out here. Speaking of the Titans, they are taking on Romeo Cornell and the Texans. Who do you got? I mean, after this week, you got to go with the Titans. Uh, I mean, they're the the offense looks great, defense looks great, and you know the Texans had a nice win last week, but it was the Jaguars, not the Titans. Uh, so I'm going the I'm going the Titans. Yeah, I think it's just that simple. I mean, Texans. I I said it earlier. Don't read too much into the win that they got last week because the Jags are a bad team. Titans yeah. are a great team and. And this, to me, ranks up there with the games that they had in the first three weeks where they went 0-3. So I got the Titans in this one. All right, Ravens and Eagles. Who you got? Uh, Ravens. I mean, they're coming off of just a dismantling of the Bengals. Uh, the Eagles just, you know, essentially got dismantled by the the Steelers. It was a little bit closer game, obviously, than the, the Ravens-Bengals. But uh, Eagles are still struggling. They're 1-3-1. and The Ravens have, have looked great. Um, since their Chiefs loss. Um, the defense looks spectacular the last couple weeks. Uh, Lamar Jackson wasn't even 100% and still played a pretty good game. So um, the offense, again, I feel like it's like Kansas City. They're, it still feels like they're not quite to their full potential yet, and they're still blowing people out. So uh, I think this is going to be a long day for the Eagles. Yeah, and this is – I don't know how they manage to do this every year, but – Ravens come in, lose to the Chiefs, and then they get, you know, three just easy cupcake games they're just going to walk all over. They get the Washington football team, then they get the Bengals, and now they're getting the Eagles. So uh, everyone's going to be like, they're all back, and Lamar Jackson's back to MVP caliber, but they're playing three bad teams in a row. But obviously, they're still a great team, and they're one of the best in the AFC, but it just so happens that it does this every year. And uh, I got the Ravens in this one because I don't think it's that hard of a game for them. All right, Falcons with uh, Raheem Morris as the head coach going against the Vikings. Who do you got? Um, you know, I'm gonna 
I'm going to go the Vikings. Uh, they've played, you know, they're one in four, um, but their last couple games have been, I mean, they've played well the last couple games. Uh, they won a couple weeks ago uh, and they took Seattle to, to the brink this past week. And Seattle, I think has been, has been the best team this year. Um, uh, top to bottom, start to finish so far. Um, and they just took them to the brink. So the Vi- the Vikings are starting to catch a little momentum. There's a little question on if Dalvin Cook will be playing this week, but um, I-, I think the Falcons come out a little more motivated than they've been, but they just have so many injuries. I don't think they're going to be able to to overcome that. So I'm taking the Vikings. Yeah, I'm taking the Vikings too. And I'll tell you, I think it's not quite to the Browns level of Nick Chubb, Cream Hunt, but that Matt's a kid behind Dalvin Cook is a good running back. I think on any other team he could actually start. He looked great this week. I don't think they missed a beat once Dalvin Cook went out. So, um, I, you know, it'd be a nice story for the Falcons to win after the Dan Quinn thing, but I just don't think that they're going to have the firepower to get it done. So I'm going to go Vikings. This one ought to be an interesting match. The first time since the helmet incident that the Browns and the Steelers are fighting, and uh, no, no pun intended. Who do you got? Browns, Steelers. I'm going Steelers. Um, I mean, the, if, if you, the Browns again, they've they've had some nice wins, um, but they haven't played anyone to the caliber of the Steelers. The Steelers have looked, you know, to me, they've looked pretty phenomenal. Um, they've had a couple moments where they, you know, looked a little questionable, but overall, I mean, the the Steelers they're undefeated. Uh, they're running the ball pretty well. Ben Roethlisberger, you know, he's throwing the ball extremely well. Uh, who was it? Claypool just had four touchdowns yeah. as a rookie. Uh, you know, the defense, they're going to harass Baker Mayfield back there uh, with that pass rush. And their their secondary is solid, too. And Baker Mayfield, when he gets harassed, he tends to make bad decisions. So um, I'm, I'm going the Steelers. This is going to be a slugfest. And honestly, it's one of the games I'm looking forward to most this year or this this year, this week. Sorry, not this year. Um, I think the Browns are going to win it. I like, honestly, because of Kareem Hunt. I think it's going to be a physical game, one in the trenches, and I like uh, Kareem Hunt more than I like James Conner and company in the backfield. So I'm going to go Browns in this one with the upset. Now, quick quick question, though. What if the Steelers put in Mason Rudolph just for a play to get Miles (laughs) Garrett? Just to get Miles Garrett out of there. (laughs) I like it. Yeah, I mean, they should at least look into it. (laughs) <laughs> do they even have mason rudolph anymore is he still on that team i don't even know <laughs> yeah that's exactly i was gonna say who cares <laughs> <laughs> but miles Garrett is playing lights out this year and i think he is gonna i think you're right on both sides these quarterbacks are gonna get harassed it's gonna be a fun game to watch kind of like the old school afc north battle yep all right Bengals and colts who do you got uh uh, I mean, I'm gonna go the I'm gonna go the Colts. Um, the Bengals are just coming off a thumping um, from the Ravens, and yeah, the Colts or the yeah the Colts look bad, but they were also playing a you know a good team, and they didn't look quite as bad as the Bengals. Uh, AJ Green, I mean, he, there just seems to be no chemistry with Joe Burrow. Um, Joe Burrow's playing fairly well, I think, um, especially for a rookie. Um, but I, I think that the Colts defense is going to come ready to play this week. I think they're going to try and establish the run early, maybe take the ball out of Phillip Rivers' hands. Uh, so, and I, I think they're going to have enough to be able to to pull this one out. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I don't have any faith in the Colts, but man, there looks like there's some kind of dysfunction. I think there was a a video that showed AJ Green 
saying, just trade me at the end of the game. Yeah. So he doesn't want to be there. Uh, there's some dysfunction. Joe Burrow is playing well, but and we've said it all year long. Like they, it takes more than this many games to get from dead last in the NFL to competitive. So if the Colts don't win this game, I think it's going to be on Phillip Rivers. So I got the Colts squeaking this one out. Yep. Lions, Jaguars. Who you got? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go the Lions. I mean, we've kind of talked about it. I mean, Minshew is powering the Jaguars to some to some nice games here and there. And and Minshew, I think, honestly, he's playing. I think Minshew's been a top ten quarterback this year. Um, if I'm honest, uh, James Robinson plays well at running back. Uh, Chenault has played well at wide receiver for the Jaguars. But um, the end of the day, I mean, the Lions they have Matt Stafford. He's still you know still a good quarterback. They've got Adrian Peterson. Uh, the defense has come around just a little bit, um, so I think they're. I think the Lions again. I think this is an ugly game. I'm not really excited about it, but uh, I think the Lions have a little too much talent. As funny as that is to say, um, for the Jaguars, so I think they're going to win this one. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Minshew's magic has kind of run out. He can only do so much, and and uh, it's just going to be hard for them to be that competitive all year. And the Lions have had some good games, so. I'm going to go Lions in this one as well. All right. We got Bears at the Panthers. Who do you got? Ooh. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, mm, man, <laughs> this, this is a tough one, honestly. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go the Bears. Um, I think they're, the, the Panthers have had some nice games recently. Um, Teddy Bridgewater has actually exceeded my expectations in terms of how well he would play. I mean, his touchdowns aren't necessarily great, but he's he's throwing the ball really well. Um, good completion percentage. He's thrown for yards. Um, the Panthers have still been able to run the ball even without uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um, but, I, I mean, that Bears defense is lights out. Um, and we see what they just did to the Buccaneers, who have a good offense. Um uh, and who had been putting up some really impressive numbers recently. So um, I, I think this is the type of team that's going to be good enough to slow the Panthers down uh, and keep them contained and, and keep it in that slugfest style game. And, and the Bears come out on top in that situation. Yeah, I got the Bears too. I think, you know, we're talking about Le'Veon Bell. I think this is a great spot for him to land Chicago. I like David Montgomery, but they don't have much of a run game going right now. And they need that with Nick Foles. So I, I see this as a potential landing spot. I know he's also said he's looking at success and chances of winning. Well, the Bears only have one loss right now. So, yeah. um, but Le'Veon Bell aside, I think the Bears have enough to get it done just based on their defense playing so well. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, here's a game that I know you're going to be tuned into Washington football team with the New York Giants. Who do you got? <laughs> God, um, can we have like a Dark Knight Rises situation where the stadium <laughs> just like opening kickoff and then the stadium collapses? Um, oh, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the Giants. Um, and I say this just from a selfish standpoint. Um, if Washington wins and Dallas loses, Washington would technically be tied for first place at two and four in the division. So um, <laughs> I say this from a selfish standpoint, honestly, uh, I, I think this is going to be a garbage game. Uh, both teams are just bad. Um, 
But, you know, maybe we'll get some flashes from Chase Young and maybe Daniel Jones will be able to, you know, finally start opening it up again. He looked good last year. Um, I like Daniel Jones, but he, you know, he hasn't really looked that great this year. He's actually looked just kind of bad. I think he's only got two touchdown passes. Um, losing Saquon Barkley obviously hurt, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Giants. Like I said, honestly, just just for the standpoint of if the Eagles lose and the Giants win, um, the Cowboys stay first place regardless. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the Giants. I'm going to go with the football team. Which 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 football team? <laughs> oh, the Washington football team. Uh, Washington, no, I, okay. I, you know what, Kyle Allen, we kind of dogged on him last week. He did kind of, I don't want to say spark him a little bit, but he ran that touchdown in. They were flowing, and then he gets hurt. Alex Smith comes in. They got ate up by that Rams defensive line. The Giants don't have that defensive line. I don't know who's starting a quarterback between Kyle Allen or Alex Smith, but uh, I, I like the I like the Washington football team here. Uh, it, it will be Kyle Allen. I saw really? a headline. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw a report earlier today that he is going to start. That's okay. I, in, and again, I don't know how long he would start because. I don't know how dedicated Ron Rivera is to Kyle Allen. A couple picks, and all of a sudden, we might see Alex Smith in there anyway. But yeah, and it may be that they just don't want to play Alex Smith because of the injury concerns too. But yeah, either way, I like Washington. All right, all right. We got the Broncos and the Patriots. The game that was supposed to be played last week moved to this week. Who do you got? Uh, going Patriots. It's it's looking like uh, Cam Newton's going to play. I think he's going to return to team activities on Thursday. Um, they say it's likely he's going to play and start. Uh, Melvin Gordon was actually cited for a DUI earlier today, so I'd be surprised if he plays. Um, I don't know the status of Lindsey actually. Um, so with with question marks at quarterback, question marks at running back, uh, they have Jerry Judy at wide receiver, but. That's really about it. Say that Drew Locke was a full participant in practice today. Oh, interesting. That changes it slightly. Maybe they'll score an extra touchdown. It sounds like it's going to be Cam versus Drew Locke, which is the game everyone wants to see anyway. So it sounds like those things are going to happen. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that changes it a little bit. Maybe the Patriots win, you know, 31 21 instead of 31 14. but, uh, But I'm going Patriots. I mean, Cam Newton. In the games he's played this year, has looked pretty spectacular. He's looked like old Cam, looked like MVP Cam. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Patriots. Yeah, I'm going to go with Patriots too. And I think it's more of a, and I know it's fresh Drew Locke too, but a fresh Cam Newton. He's had time to rest his legs during these last couple of weeks. Yeah, honestly, it's been about three weeks now, right? Because he didn't play in the Chiefs game. Then their game got delayed. And now it's another week. And here we are on Sunday. So. I think a fresh Cam Newton's going to run on the Broncos and win this one. Yeah, and, and and again, he wasn't even injured. I mean, he was sick, obviously, but he wasn't injured. So he's right. not coming back from an actual injury. So again, yeah, he will be fresh. He will well, be I think they said he was asymptomatic, too. So he tested positive, yeah. but he wasn't actually like physically sick. So Yeah, so I mean, he, he should be well-rested and, and yeah. ready to go. All right, we got the Le'Veon Bellis Jets. This is the game, by the way, that Le'Veon Bell was supposed to be coming back from injury. So we got the Le'Veon Bellis Jets going against the Dolphins. Who do you got? I'm I'm going the Dolphins, looking to get back to 500. Yeah. Um, I mean, God, I don't know when the last time that happened, honestly. But and who would have thought, you know, last year with how bad they looked um, at times. Uh, that six games into this year, they'd be going for a 500 record. Uh, I, I think they, I think they're going to thump the Jets. 
Um, and I, I mean, maybe this will be the nail on the coffin for, for Adam Gase, who knows, but, uh, you know, I'm hoping Ryan Fitzpatrick comes out, has a great game. Uh, Miles Gaskin for, for Miami running the ball, um, Devonte Parker catching the ball. So again, that defense has looked good. I, I think the dolphins win this one. I think they win it big. Yeah, I think they do too. And I, I honestly, I've said it a few weeks in a row now. I don't think there's a team in the NFL that couldn't beat the Jets right now. I think they're that bad. Whether it's the Giants or the Washington football team, they can all beat the Jets right now. Um, and we'd like to see Adam Gase fighter this game, but let's be honest, what will probably happen is the next biggest star will get cut. Because <laughs> oh, that's how they, yeah, cause he's not fitting in with the culture. But yeah, I think the Dolphins easily win this one. I, you wouldn't be surprised if this is bad enough we actually get to see Tua a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, I expect I expect it to be a big win, and then afterwards, I expect Sam Darnold to be traded or outright released. Because <laughs> yeah, from the bench, he didn't do much. Exactly. <laughs> All right, we got this one's gonna be a fun game. Packers at the Bucks. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Who do you got? I'm gonna go. I guess what would be an upset? I'm gonna go Buccaneers. Um, I mean, we've we've seen how Tom Brady plays when he's motivated. Uh, I think he's going to be pissed off after last game, making that mental error. Error. I think he's going to be ready to go this week. Uh, plus, it's against Aaron Rodgers. That's going to elevate his game anyways. Uh, I think it's going to be a really close game. I think it's going to be a back and forth. I'm not 100% confident with this pick, but I am going to go with the Buccaneers. I'm going to go Packers, and I think it it's going to be the Smith brothers on the Packers defense. They're going to harass Tom Brady, and, and I think that was the key to slowing him down for the Bears, getting his face, hit him. Packers are playing on another level right now. They're out there. Aaron Rodgers is back to having fun. You see him laughing, joking, hugging on the sideline, slinging the ball around. Um, I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch, and I think it's going to be pretty close, but I got the Packers winning this one. All right. All right, what should have been a crazy good game on Sunday Night Football, the Rams and the 49ers. Who knows what's going on with the 49ers right now? Rams are hot. Who do you got? I mean, I'm taking the Rams on this one. I mean, you see how the Rams are playing this year, how the 49ers just got dismantled by the Dolphins last week. Uh, I think, the again, I think the Rams had six or seven sacks last week. Um, Aaron Donald had four of them alone. Uh, they're going to get back there. I know Jimmy Garoppolo is supposed to start. They're going to harass Garoppolo, uh, not give him time to get to any of the receivers, um, shut down the run game. I think the, the Rams win this one big. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. The Rams are looking good. 49ers, I'm not sure what – I mean, I know what part of the deal is, is injuries, but Jimmy Garoppolo didn't look the same uh, coming back off the ankle injury, whether he's just not sure about the ankle or what the deal is. So I got the Rams. They're hot. I think they're uh, they're looking to challenge the, the Seahawks in this division, honestly, because it seems like the Seahawks, no matter who they're playing – make it close <laughs> somehow yeah. they play the Vikings yeah. down to the last, they, you know, it doesn't matter who they play. It's going to be close. Uh, yep. They're playing excellent, but the Rams are also playing dominant football. Yeah. All right. This is a, this is kind of a, even though it's COVID driven, it's kind of our dream scenario here. We got a double header on Monday night chiefs in the first game, Cowboys in the second game. Perfect for us here at good Iron authority. The first game though, chiefs at the bills. Who do you got? Uh, I'm going Chiefs. I mean, I mentioned earlier, both teams are coming in. They're going to be pissed off. They're both going to be wanting to prove something. Uh, Josh Allen's going to probably establish that he does, in fact, have the stronger arm than Patrick Mahomes. Um, But Patrick Mahomes has a better team than Josh Allen. So I think the Chiefs win this one. Yeah, I'm on the Chiefs bandwagon here, too, because 
couple of things. I said it last week, and and I don't know that you can really say Pat Mahomes had a bad game this last week. He did have a pick, but he also had three total touchdowns. So that's that's a bad game for Mahomes is when he has multiple touchdowns and one pick. But then we talk about somebody like Phillip Rivers who uh, on a good day has one touchdown, one pick. So yeah, a bad day for Pat Mahomes is still a good day for any other quarterback, but he doesn't have many back-to-back bad games or um, I'd have to go back and look at the, the record book. But I don't know how many times he's had back-to-back losses. So I think they yeah. come out, and, and part of that could be Andy Reid too. Andy Reid knows he's smart enough. He's going to know what happened to them in the last game and game plan around that. I think they're going to come out prepared, and and the Bills are coming off a thumping. I mean, the, the, the Chiefs lost by one score. The Bills got blown out. So uh, I think the Chiefs are going to rebound nicely in this one. Yep. All right. Cardinals at the Cowboys. This is a, it would have been a good game regardless. It's a little bit more gray area because Cowboys struggled against the Giants. Don't have Dak Prescott now, but the Cardinals have had an up and down season. I mean, they, this is a season where they lost to the Lions, but then they've, they played some good games too. So who do you got? I mean, I'm going to go to the Cowboys because I'll pick the Cowboys every single game because that's what a fan does. Um, <laughs> plus, I mean, we, we I feel yeah, like we're trying gonna, to tell me something here. I, I is what it is. Uh, I definitely want to pick the Ravens. I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this obviously, you know, Dak. We've we've already said Dak. I think without doubt is a better quarterback at this point than Andy Dalton. Um, but again, you know, having Andy Dalton in there as a game manager could help, um, could help this defense, um, just from keeping them off the field. Um, I, I, the defense did play a little bit better last week. They're getting some more people back this week. Uh, I think Randy Gregory might be playing this week or maybe that could be next week I'm thinking of, but, um, he's right on the verge. I know coming back either way, but, um, I mean, they're getting some more people back. Um, this week. So the defense is playing a little bit better. Um, hopefully the addition of Andy Dalton in there, a quarterback will keep them off the field, keep them fresh. Uh, and they'll be able to, you know, run some more exotic stuff against, uh, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury and keep the Cardinals off balance and, and win this game. But, uh, I'm definitely, I'm going the red rifle led Cowboys. Yeah. I'm going to go Cardinals. Fuck you. <laughs> the main reason being, even with Dak Prescott at one point in that game, because of the pick six, they were down what 14, three, like in the first quarter against the giants who hadn't scored a touchdown in in two weeks. So there's still question marks all over this. And and I don't know that And a lot of people are saying, well, they're going to be so much worse without Dak. But at that point they were already down in the game with Dak. Um, So I, I think Andy Dalton, we talked about it. He can help them by doing what you said, be a game manager. Don't go out and throw for 400 yards. Go out there and hand the ball to Zeke, have 10-minute drives, you know, 15-play, 10-minute drives, and drain the clock because that's how you're going to have to beat a team like the Cardinals who have, uh, you know, a Chiefs-like high-tempo, fast-paced offense. Um, but I I just don't – until they show that they can do the game management part of it, I don't know that they're going to be able to beat the Cardinals. So I'm going to take them in a close one. Okay. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> we can only hope. I did pick the Cowboys to be in the NFC Championship game, so they're really letting me down. Granted, they're still in uh, excellent playoff shape, like you said, leading the division right now. So, yep, there's that. All right, that wraps up our picks for this week. What else are we looking at this week? Uh, I mean, just again, just 
kind of the same stuff. I mean, we're looking to see how uh, Andy Dalton plays for the Cowboys, which we just mentioned. Um, how will that offense be affected? Uh, they do have those three elite receivers. They do have Zeke Elliott. Dalton Schultz has quietly put together a, a phenomenal season, honestly, as a tight end. I think he's number like seven in fantasy right now uh, in terms of tight ends. Uh, so we'll obviously we will be watching that. Uh, be watching the the not the Rams, the Browns, and Steelers game to see what kind of carryover there is from last year. Uh, the Buccaneers Packers game uh, matchup a you know Super Bowl winning quarterbacks uh, MVPs. Uh, I mean it, it should be a phenomenal game. You should have a, a pissed off Tom Brady coming in. Uh, and speaking of pissed off again, Chiefs Bills both coming off losses. Bills coming off a really bad loss. Uh, looking, you know, both looking to make statements, both looking to make comebacks. Um, so I mean, that's kind of the big stuff. And then, and, and then just the side story again, watching to see if the Dolphins can get back to 500. Um, again, who would have imagined, you know, a, a potentially 500 Dolphins team this late into the season? Uh, and maybe even our first sighting of Tua. So, uh, yeah, I think that also coincides with are we going to see a third week in a row with a head coach firing? Yeah, because yeah. If the Dolphins, uh, honestly, if the Dolphins put the beat down, we're saying they're going to put on the Jets. I don't see any reason for them to keep Adam Gase for another week. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 then obviously, I think the big headline that's going to continue throughout this season is uh, what games will be affected by COVID. Um, I think at this point, we're you know I'm not hearing of anything really new in the NFL um, popping up out of nowhere so far. So I'm hoping maybe this will be the week that that we have nothing going on with COVID or no games canceled or postponed or, or whatever yeah. it is. But, you know, you, you, you still never know. We saw Nick Saban tested positive earlier today um, for COVID for Alabama. So, uh, and their, their athletic or uh, athletic director also did. So, uh, I mean, if those guys can get it, you never know. So uh, the only thing I've seen is Anthony Sherman for the chiefs was placed on the COVID reserve list. Yeah, they said he had not tested positive, but he'd be, he'd come in contact with somebody that had tested positive. So something yeah. to keep an eye on because if one more chief pops up, there's this game is in jeopardy for Monday. Yep. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting. And then I think the one we're really gonna look at is who's gonna get Le'Veon Bell. Uh, that yeah, that'll be a headline we'll be talking about next week. So that'll be exciting. Yeah, and and, and uh, you know talking to some of our our friends. Uh, um, off podcast, obviously, you know, we discuss waivers if anyone will claim him. I don't think anyone's going to claim him on that contract. Um, I think he 100% clears waivers. I think he'd be stupid to claim him, but I do believe he'll be signed pretty quickly. Um, and then we do have, I think, what the trade deadline's coming up here, what, next week? Yeah. Um, and just hearing some of the rumors, you know, we're hearing guys like Dwayne Haskins could potentially be traded um, already, you know, and only not even midway through year two. So that'd be a bit of a shock. Um, there's AJ Green could be potentially traded. Um, there's even little slight rumblings of of uh, Michael Thomas potentially being up for trade after um, his, you know, his one game suspension this past week. So um, I think that one's the least likely of those three, but, um, the rumblings are there apparently. So, um, I mean, we'll, we'll see what kind of trades, you know, I think the last couple of years, the NFL trade deadline has been a lot more active than it was the previous decade or more. Um, typically you see a lot of trade activity for baseball and, and, uh, basketball and hockey, but not usually the NFL, but the last couple of years have 
there's actually been some pretty good deals, some pretty good trades, uh, and some big names move. So I think that'll be something to kind of keep an eye on, uh, you know, over the next seven days or so. Yeah, it'll be definitely fun to watch. All right, Mike, why don't you tell them where else they can find us? Uh, as always, check us out on uh, gridironauthority.com. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts, uh, Apple Music, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, uh, anything like that. Any, I'm sure we're on some other things I'm just not thinking of at the moment. Uh, but always, as always, like, subscribe, uh, tell your friends about us, uh, leave some comments. Um, likes, dislikes, angry face reactions. We don't care. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just All check right. us out. Perfect. We'll see you guys next time.